Welcome back, people. Second String Podcast. Once again, May 13th, Thursday. Today's Thursday, May 13th. I'm usually not a birthday guy like, oh, look at me. It's my birthday. Tomorrow's my birthday. So buy a shirt, I guess. <laughs> if you <laughs> Instead of wishing me happy birthday, if you want to give me a present, if you want to be like, oh, man, your special day. Here's one on me. Let's buy some shirts, baby. Let's buy some shirts for the birthday, man. Like, I don't want to guilt you. I don't want to use my birthday against you and force your hand, but let's buy some damn t-shirts, folks. Let's get this thing going. Let's get the brand awareness out there. No, I mean, if you want to buy shirts, awesome. If not, I'll go fuck myself on my birthday. You'd have me go fuck myself on my birthday. I mean, it's up to you. I can't make you do anything, but just know that's what I'll be doing to celebrate my birthday is fucking myself if you guys don't buy some shirts. Anyways, we're back. Second Street Pod. Um, big, big podcast yesterday, the Red Wings kind of season review, season recap, looking forward and talking about Blashill. Not as much, I will say in the episode yesterday, I didn't do quite as much looking forward to the future, like talking about next year. I did a few minutes or, or kind of depending on what I was talking about. Like I jump in with the, the, the cavalry that's coming, the help, the places, hopefully we were, the Red Wings will improve because God knows they have quite a few of them. But I didn't do a ton, like a long segment on the future on, I guess, my hopes and like the timetable. So I'm thinking maybe, I mean, not so, so soon, but I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks I'll do another like Red Wings future, just talking about the future. And then obviously whenever the Blash Hill news comes down the pipeline, whether he stays or goes, I'll do an episode on that as well. But in the meantime, check that out if you haven't already, especially if you're a Red Wings fan, it's kind of like a must listen, I would say. It's like the reason you're here. If you're a Red Wings fan, I get into it. I get into this year, Blasio. The Blasio conversation, it's a fun topic to talk about because I I think I'm in the minority of people that are like, whatever. I'm pretty laissez-faire with them. Like I'm not super sold or staunch one way or another, keeping them versus letting them go. I'm kind of, if they let them go, great. If they keep them, all right, let's see what happens. I'd probably prefer, like, if you made me pick, I'm probably like 60-40. I'd prefer to get someone new. That's just me. But if they do bring him back, I understand. There are plenty of reasons to bring him back. There, It would make sense why Steve Eiserman would want to bring him back. So if they do bring him back, it's not the end of the world. I'm not going to throw a fit about it. Like, that's what's fucking annoying already. There's so many people that dislike Blasio and don't want him to come back so passionately, which again, I understand that too. There are just as many, if not more reasons that he shouldn't return as the coach of the Red Wings, but there's so many people that if he does come back are going to start the whole, oh, uh-oh, can we trust Steve? Is the, is the sky falling? Is Little Caesars Arena going to spontaneously disintegrate? What's going on? Doomsday sayers if Jeff Blasio comes back. I just want to reiterate, that's kind of my whole thing of why I don't really care. Listen, Jeff Blashill, the team is not anywhere near a stage where the head coach is really going to make a difference, right? It's like when you the head coach of your eighth grade kids baseball team, like I don't care if you have Tommy Lasorda coaching those kids, they're eighth graders. They're, they're either good at baseball, you either have kids that can hit the ball or they can't. Like I don't care what's the statistics show, how you play the shift. At some point, the players are what dictate what happens. That's kind of where Blashill's at. Like, at some point, when Dylan Larkin's your best player, 
I don't fucking care. Like, he could have the other team's game plan every night. And it, to a certain extent, it won't really matter. To, to It eventually comes down to, well, your best player would be the other team's fifth best player. And that's why you lost. Not because Blashill decided to pair these guys on the third line. Sure, he makes decisions that don't make sense and certainly don't help the team. But he, we've, we haven't come anywhere near a point where it's like, oh man, Jeff Blashill stunting the growth of this team. Jeff Blashill is the reason we're the sixth worth team in the league. Jeff Blashill, Gerard Gallant, Scotty Bowman, God himself, Wayne Gretzky, doesn't fucking matter who coached the Red Wings this year. Our apex, like we have the best coach who's ever lived. I don't know who's considered that. Is it Scotty Bowman? They finish what? 10th worst in the NHL. Like no matter where you cut it, these guys weren't doing anything. That's just the way it is. So I get into it more on detail on yesterday's episode. It's a fun conversation though. It's it's fun because I like those where it's very, I get both sides. Like I understand keeping them. I understand letting them go and they're passionate people on both sides. So it's a fun one. Red Wings fans, check that out. So the plan for today, I do on this first little segment, maybe five more, 10 more minutes. I want to do a little second string update. Just talk about where we're at. We're almost at a year of me doing this, which is insane to think about. This is a little quarantine project for me that has stuck it out. Not that we're, you know, totally removed from the quarantine. I'm still spending a lot of time at home, spending way too much time on my phone watching TV. That's why I want to make the announcement I'm going to make today that we're doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down, balls deep into the second string coming up here. I decided. It's been good what I've been doing. I've still been doing stuff. I try to every day, not counting the weekends. <laughs> every day, do a podcast, post the clips to social media, make shirts, post those. I've kind of realized I've been half-assing it. Now, like I said, last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, best week I've ever had on the podcast as far as listeners. Oh, at all to you guys. Thank you for sharing the word and spreading. So it, on one hand, it's been working. It's been going well. It's been growing. The podcast has steadily been growing. I'm still, you know, I'm not fucking commanding the listenership of the entire state of Michigan quite yet, but we're growing. But I've decided even though I have still been doing stuff, there's so much room I can improve. I still spend so much time doing stupid shit. That's just a waste of my time when I'm sitting here like, all right, do I want the podcast to grow more? Am I happy with the, I mean, it's growing, but it could be growing a lot more. And I look around, I know people doing similar things, whether, you know, they're streamers or selling clothes or whatever it is growing, growing fast too. And it's like, wait a second, I could do that too. The difference is, I listen to these guys and they're like, oh, I do this for two hours, this for three hours, and then I do this. And I'm like, oh, I podcast for an hour and then take 20 minutes to post it all. Like I could be doubling, tripling down easily. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I've decided. I decided it this week. It is time. It is time. I had my fun doing this while it was just kind of casual, like do the episode, post it, see what happens. I've decided I... I want to get into this more. I want to make this more of a, a real deal. I want this thing to spread faster. I want this thing to start growing like a fucking weed you can't get rid of. I want this thing to boom. So I'm going to start putting my money where my mouth is and we're going to get after it. What that means, 
what that means. So the podcast is essentially, I got a, I got a lot of ideas. That's kind of my issue too right now is I'm still small. Uh, like I'm doing this for the people listening and things like that. I have so many fucking ideas of things I'd like to do, but it's like, oh, I should probably execute one thing before I start these five new ideas I've been thinking about. So I'm kind of in a tough space, but then it's like, oh, maybe doing these different ideas, maybe diversifying, doing a movie podcast, doing a a separate sports one, and then doing like a more generic, you know, life random topic one, like the podcast from Tuesday where I talk about weddings, like if start separating feeds, like twice a week, I'll talk Detroit sports twice a week. I'll do a movie. And then twice a week, I'll talk about whatever. But then it's like, oh, wouldn't it make more sense to consolidate the listenership into one place? So I'm kind of in a weird spot as far as what the best way to go about this is. But what I do know is I want to go about it more. I want to go about it further, harder, faster, built for speed and comfort, motor, boat, and sailor, you old sailor, you. Motor, boat, and son of a bitch, you old sailor, you. That's what we're doing. So first things first, let me talk about kind of the plan for what I'm already doing. So the podcast for now, for now, the podcast will be the same four, five days a week, whatever. Um, mixing in sports, maybe some movies, maybe whatever weddings talking about sports cards, cryptocurrency, people that ride their bikes in the road versus the sidewalk, whatever it is talking about this, talking about that. That's the idea for the beginning or for the podcast. Just keep it going where it starts to switch up and I'm going to make some changes is distributing the podcast. Okay. I've been doing the, Oh, I post a social clip, put it on my story on Instagram. And then I post it on Twitter, which is fine, but I want to double triple down. There's a reason at Barstool, they have people solely dedicated to doing social media because a spitting chiclets episode, they post like five different things related to one episode. I'm not going to go quite that far, but now I want to start doing one episode, do a clip and do a little um, like a transcript of a quote from the episode. Just more content, a little varying content, not just clips, different things, things you can read more visually appealing. Just drive more traffic, get more interest. People see it and they go, oh, podcast. That's a kind of a funny quote about the Red Wings. I didn't know this Red Wings podcast that existed. They come, they find out Detroit sports. Boom. That's kind of the idea there. Instagram, we're going to do that. Twitter, we're going to do that. Um, TikTok, uh, fuck it. I'll never be a watcher, but I'm going to start being a user. Um, furthermore, distribution wise, um, I didn't know what was it. I had another, Oh, we're making new pages. One sec. Let me drink some water. All right. So here's what else we're doing. It's all distribution. The revamp I'm talking about the taking this shit to the next level, doubling down all that stuff. I'm talking about just getting it out there, more posting, trying to maneuver social media more, making more things that random fucking people, when they search up the Red Wings on Twitter and scroll past it, oh, take a look, see the quote. It looks like other professional shit they see on their timelines. I mean, hand up. I'll fucking admit it. I don't care. The uh, quote posts I'm going to start doing. So I'm going to just take a little snippet out of each episode. I'll post the clip at like noon, let's say. And then at four, I'll post a picture of whatever I'm talking about with the quote underneath. I just took a template from spitting chiclets. There's a reason they fucking do it. There's a reason they're doing it and it works. Like why not? Why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I do that? And plus it worked for them on me. 
I was scrolling through. I, I don't know. It was they were talking about Tom Wilson and the New York, New York Rangers thing. Listen, I don't care about Tom Wilson. I don't care about the New New York Rangers. That shit happened like a week ago too. Like, and still, whether it was the template or whatever, it caught my eye, got me interested. Now, obviously, I already know what Spitting Chicklets is. I listen to it here and there, so it's not like it was gaining a new listener or whatever. But it still stopped me. I clicked on it. If it did that for them, why shouldn't that do it for me, right? So that's kind of the thought process there. The other thing, the other big change. So right now, um, my Twitter, I just have my Twitter at Nick Second String, which is just me. I post the shirts there. I post the podcast clips and stuff there. It's all one spot. Instagram, same shit. Obviously, I have my personal one, but that has nothing to do with this. Instagram, it's just one. The second string, the period, second period string, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Where I do shirts, the clips, everything there. Okay, here's the plan. Doubling down on those. I'm going to make a separate account each on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, that'll just be the second string pod. So we're going to separate. We're going to filter out the podcast content, the clips, the quote posts. We're going to separate that out from the shirts. So the second string, the Instagram page that you know and follow right now and the Twitter page right now. That's going to just become the Instagram will just become shirts every day. Now I'm going to double down on the shirts. Cause that's the other thing I've been pretty, you know, lazy, just kind of whatever lackadaisical as far as posting shirts. But like I have so many, des- I have like 10, 15 designs I'm sitting on and I just never post shirts. I'll post like once a week about one of the sports shirts or unless I'm doing a collab with guys like Chris Castellani or Nick Henkel, I don't post the shirts which is the way I make money and the reason this started. And believe it or not, because I love doing the podcast. Like I think if you said, oh, you can, you know, become successful and and make money doing one, I would choose the podcast. But I do love doing the shirts too. I just enjoy the idea of what I love about clothes. A is you can just make cool stuff very easily on clothes. Like I can't draw a painting or yeah, I'm the dumbest person. I can't draw a painting. I can't paint a painting. I can't draw an incredible picture. I can't make a song. Clo- like I can make cool clothes that capture a feeling or kind of give you, I don't know, like make you feel a part of something, express the brand, express like a thought or a feeling. I can put myself onto clothes and then other people can say, oh, that is cool shit. I like it. It resonates with me. Boom. I like the, I like how clothes they're my way of like, oh, I think this is cool. Hopefully you do too. I Because I love that. That's what life's all about is, oh, you make cool shit. He makes cool shit. She makes cool stuff. Like, let's all get together and admire each other's cool stuff. Whether yours is you're, you make funny TikToks or he makes good music. Like, whatever. The coolest thing is, is how creators, and I've said this before on here too, like, when people are excited about something and people enjoy doing something and they're good at it and you see them kind of grow and be successful, that makes you want to be a part of it. I like that. I like that feeling of like, Oh, Hey, this dude is, is trying to become a streamer and he's pretty funny and he enjoys doing it. Like, that's cool. I, I am a fan maybe I don't even care about streaming or whatever video game. I'm just a fan of this person doing what they like and putting their, their things that they think is cool out there. That's why I like the clothes. So I need to double down on the clothes. So the plan is the original, um, the period, second period string, the original Instagram page right now, that's going to just become clothes. Sure. I'll post the occasional, you know, 
I might post the occasional Instagram clip or one of the quotes or to my story. I'll put those quotes up, right? But for now, as far as the feed, I want the feed to become like 90% shirts and I want it to become regular. I, the plan is every day, one of my designs, I'm going to post a shirt, whether you know there's a little discount or just getting the word out every day now. I want to start posting a shirt. And because of that, I want to start putting more designs out. I want to kind of reduce. I have like 120 different things in the store. I want to start to wean things out of the store, start to reduce it to like, it's only 20, 30 things in here at a time. I want to, I want to reevaluate how I'm doing the shirt thing. So that's the plan. And the Twitter will be similar where I'm only really posting the shirts there. And then as it is now where I'm tweeting, whatever random stuff I think about. Like, is it too too late to start Goodfellas at two in the morning? <laughs> I thought that one was funny. No one liked it, but I thought it was funny at the time. <laughs> Very true tweet, and not the first time that I've been in that position. Um, so that's the plan. We're gonna have a new Instagram page, the second string pod, and a new Twitter handle, the second string pod, where those just become I'm putting out the podcast clips, I'm putting out the quote, I'm putting all that stuff, all the podcast stuff you know now. That's going to go on to its own Instagram or Twitter page. And then the shirts, the shirts will stay on the pages they're on right now. So as far as Instagram goes, the one you know now is going to become all shirts, all gallery. And then the new one is going to become all podcasts. That's the plan. The thing is, like, folks, here's where I'm at. I still believe in this very much so. Like every time I come on and do one of these, like for instance, that Red Wings one yesterday, I finish it up and I'm like, how is how how am I not just doing like Barstool Detroit, like the Barstool Detroit podcast, whatever. Redline Radio is the Chicago one they have. How am I not doing like Woodward Talk or whatever I would name it, like the Motor City Motor City Radio? I don't fucking know what I'd call it, but how am I not doing that for Barstool? That's what I think. I'm like, I'm actually the perfect guy for the job. I still believe that's going to happen. I still want to make that happen. So I'm going to kind of take life by the balls a little bit more. I'm going to stop as much waiting around for it to happen. Not that I don't think it'll happen. I think it'll happen one way or another when it's supposed to, but I'm going to try to take balls by the hands a little bit more or yeah, right. It's like balls by the hands. I don't know. Life by the balls, (laughs) balls by the hands. Um, I'm going to start to try to take balls by the hands a little bit more and make it happen, right? I still, I st- this is still going to become Barstool Detroit is the idea. The issue I'm having that I mentioned, which isn't even an issue, is the fact that I kind of am starting to have grander ideas than just the, de- the funny Detroit sports guy, right? I, I want to do more than that. It started as, all right, yeah, let me just talk about MSU, the Red Wings, lines, whatever, make jokes about it, not like fucking Mr. Politician buttoned up talking about sports. Let me make jokes and make the cool sports shirts. And then it turned into, well, the sports shirt's great. I'm going to keep doing those. But I like making kind of the streetwear, like I said, like that brand, like the built-on belief, like shit I just think is cool that resonates with me that like when I put it on, it's like, oh, I can – wear a feeling or or mentality kind of thing or just stuff where I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. Let me start making more clothes like that or more just Detroit city clothes, like more casual wear that isn't related to sports. And then as the podcast goes, it's like, wait, I love Detroit sports and I'm going to keep doing that. But let me start talking about movies. 
wait, let me just talk about these random funny things, like random shit to joke about. Kind of like more stand-up style where it's like, yeah, like I said, oh, this fucking guy riding his bike on the street two feet next to a sidewalk. Like, let me make a joke about that. Or as I've gone on, and, I, and I'm still going to continue to do the sports, obviously, that's kind of the basis. It's developed in my head to more of like, oh, man, I want to do more than just sports now. I want to do movies. I want to talk about random stuff. Like the grand idea, too, at some point, I want to do something where not quite like Jay Shetty brings famous people on and they talk about um, kind of their mentalities, a lot of like the power of the mind, which is great on purpose. Great podcast if you never listen to it. But they talk about like the power of mind and stuff. I want to start doing that with people, too. Obviously not going to be like Big Sean and shit coming on. But like my friends, people I know, lower level people or smaller people that are trying to do shit like I'm trying to do this. People trying to do their own things where they're just kind of starting from scratch on their own. Ideally, I want to do a podcast, too, or, or an installment of this, whatever it would be. Or once a week, I talk to someone new and it's like, all right, let's talk about your story kind of thing. Just like a sit down. I want to do that. I want to do once a week or twice a week, just diving into a movie. I want to do once or twice a week, just diving into everyday life and joking about it. I want to do once or twice a week talking about MSU and Detroit sports. I want to do all these things. And eventually I want to become where that's what I'm doing weekly. But it's tough because right, like I said at the top, I get, I feel like I got to execute one thing first before I try to dive into 20. So that's what we're going to try to do with, with the, the the podcast and kind of just sticking with what I've been doing, but that's the game plan. And that's where I'm coming from. As far as when I say, like, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now, the podcast is going to stay one feed, but I'm starting to think about doing like twice a week, making a separate feed where it's Detroit sports twice a week, separate feed where I'm talking about movies twice a week, separate feed where I'm just kind of joking around talking about whatever. I'm starting to get to that point where I kind of want to do more, kind of make this thing bigger than it is, even though it still would just be me. That's where I'm at. So we'll see what happens. I haven't made any decisions for now. I'm going to keep rolling with just the one podcast and consolidate everything in one place, but we're going to expand the social platforms. This podcast is going to get its own platform. Um, and we'll see what happens from there. I mean, if, if, it expands beyond that. Obviously, I'll do an episode on here and tell you about it. If if we have our own sports podcast and the separate one for movies, those will all get their own platforms as well. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I'm I I'm ready to fucking go in. I'm tired of just like doing one a, one a day and waiting for shit to happen to me. I'm gonna try to inst- like force my will upon the second string growing and becoming bigger. Built on belief, baby. I still believe in this. Um, like I said, I still think I'm the guy that's going to run Barstool Detroit and who knows what else, like because of all these other interests, but the plan is Barstool Detroit for now. That's the thing I want to execute first. So we're taking life by the balls a little bit more and we're going to make it happen. So I just wanted to inform everyone, kind of put those changes out there, explain why there's new pages and, and why I'm posting more, all that shit. Just we're going in, we're going in. All right, let me take a quick break. And then the second half of the show today, I just rewatched Knives Out. I forgot how fucking awesome it, it like of a movie it is. I absolutely loved every second of it. So I want to talk about Knives Out. Is that okay? 
Can we talk about Knives Out? It's a phenomenal film if you haven't seen it. Quick break. We'll be right back with Knives Out. So some news came out yesterday. They're making Knives Out too. I don't even know if I knew that, to be honest with you. But they said Edward Norton, that the Ed Norton is, is joining the cast for the second film. Uh, that's fucking great. Who doesn't like Ed Norton? That dude in Fight Club is one of my favorite roles of all time. That dude, that guy, that guy hasn't slept in months in that movie. That's the groggiest fucking person I've seen in my entire life. Al Pacino and Insomnia is up there. Like that guy had black holes around his eyes. But good Lord, Ed Norton looked like he'd never heard of a bed. He looked like he'd never heard of sleep. It's like he was trying the whole people would be superhumans if they didn't have to sleep, except he forgot that. You have to sleep. <laughs> the fucking groggiest person in the history of mankind. But I become a became obsessed with the guy after I watched Fight Club. What a perfect addition to the Knives Out like cast. I don't know if he'll be the bad guy, good guy, probably the bad guy. Um, just because you know he's kind of he can he can do the creep thing pretty well, the creepy tired guy pretty fucking well. But whatever he becomes, I'm glad he's a part of it. And naturally, getting back into the news, Knives Out, talking about it, seeing it, I thought, you know what's weird? I haven't seen this movie since it came out in theaters. And I remember, well, I know that I thoroughly enjoyed it when I watched it the first time, but I didn't really remember a whole lot from the movie. Like, I knew the general plot. I knew it was like a clue-type deal, whodunit mystery, but I didn't really remember all the convoluted twists and turns of the plot. I didn't remember to be honest with you, who actually did it? I couldn't remember. I knew, spoiler alert, by the way, if you've never seen Knives Out, spoiler alert, just turn it off. I'm going to fucking spoil everything about the movie. If you haven't seen it, it's on Prime. Watch it tonight because it's awesome. Spoiler alert. Here we go. Um, I do remember that the, the maid, Marta, she got kind of fucked over. I know, like, I remember her story got complicated. I obviously knew uh, Daniel Craig was the detective and I knew Chris Evans, what's his name? Ransom is a fuck boy. And I knew, I knew they were kind of, they become intertwined, but I couldn't remember who actually did it or what ends up happening. So for the most part, like the only scenes I really remembered what happened are um, Ransom taking her to the diner where she confesses. And then towards the end where, Marta goes to that dry cleaner and that Fran girl is just dead. Those are the only things where I like visually was like, oh yeah, I know what happens there. Everything else didn't really remember it. So it was kind of like I was watching it for the first time. Let me tell you people, if you haven't watched it in over a year, highly, highly, highly recommend the rewatch. It was a fucking treat. Like I knew I liked it the first time. After watching it the second time, it went up there. It went up there for me as, uh, I'm not going to say a top 10, top 20, but like top 30 movie all time for me. It's one of the most enjoyable movies to watch. It's it's nothing like crazy that's going to change the way you think about movies and film, I would say, but it's two hours of, you can't take your eyes off the screen two hours of you're constantly trying to solve this puzzle in your head and it keeps getting fucked up every 30 minutes and two hours of 
kind of just lighthearted jokes and entertainment. Like while it's a very serious mystery murder, it's also like, let's kind of make this funny and stupid and almost, I don't know, like a video game kind of, I want to say they, it's like, they made it serious. They made it tense. They made it a thriller, but they also were like, let's not make it too serious. And I think the balance there is very good. I think it's very well done. How even like just Daniel Craig's accent, like why, why the, why the fuck does he just talk in the most random Louisiana and Bayou accent? Cause his name's Benoit Blanc. Like, I, when I picture them making the movie and deciding for him to have that accent, I picture the the writers being like, all right, so his name's Benoit Blanc. Someone just high as balls being like, ha, 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 it'd be kind of funny if he talked with a Louisiana accent, though, like a French Louisiana, his name's Blanc. <laughs> like, that's actually what I picture when they came up with him talking in that accent. And for no other reason than just like, fuck it, let's just have fun right? Which I can't complain about. It's not the best French Louisiana accent I've heard in my entire life. But when you kind of look at it through the lens of, I don't know, it's just kind of funny that they even did that. And it adds to the lightheartedness. It's like, all right, I can rock with that. First things first, right out of the gate. I absolutely love the open to this movie. Um, Probably the thing that stuck with me the most. Either that or the convoluted storyline that constantly is changing. And by the time you get to the end, you're just like, my fucking brain exploded. What happened? How'd we get here? I know how we got here. They just laid it out one thing at a time for me. And I saw it on screen and it makes perfect sense, but I still don't understand. You're telling me, forget forget Knives Out. You're telling me there's a human being in the real world that had an idea for a movie and fucking thought of this? You're telling me there's a guy that exists that was like, oh, Ransom is going to switch the bottles, but since she's such a good nurse, she doesn't give him the morphine anyway, but then he blackmails her, but then she fucking tricks him, and then they catch him anyway, and then she confesses to uh, Benoit Blanc. There's a human being who was like, all right, I'm going to make a movie, and it's going to be so fucking complicated that you're going to have no choice to ki- but to kiss my feet once you view it. That's how I felt. That was my biggest takeaway was just the incredible story. It honestly, it reminded me a lot of Parasite. Different uh, like messages of the movies, different points to the movie, different styles of movie, surely. Like Parasite doesn't really have much of the, ha ha ha, this is still kind of fun now, guys, right? Like we're having a good time. Not much of that going on in Parasite. But the dynamic storyline, everybody plays their own part. Definitely, definitely, definitely gave me some Parasite vibes, and I fucking loved it. Outside of the plot, though, the open to this film is one of my favorite openings that I've seen at least recently. It goes from the credit scene, like whatever, Paramount Pictures, whatever studio. It's silent. There's no music playing, no noise. It's silent. Credit, credit. And then the black title screen, or credit. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it goes from a black screen and it goes to the shot of the absolutely incredible house. The house is also sick. Maybe the star of the movie. I like need to, I don't know, maybe my 30th birthday, I'll rent this place out. I don't know. I need to visit it. It goes to the house and right off the bat, fucking uh, 20 violins, just 
just suspenseful ass music. And then it dogs running through the lawn. It goes from silence. Like, all right, let's get this. And boom, boom, throws you in with the music and with the shot, you're in kind of like this creepy middle of nowhere, very clue looking mansion right off the gate. You're like, Oh shit. With the soundtrack, you're like, Oh shit. What is going on here? Like this, you don't, make violins sound like that unless you're making insidious right or unless sherlock holmes is getting called like those are the only two times violins make that noise so right off the gate they throw you in and it goes right into the title sequence knives out unbelievable open one of my favorites i've seen at least recently it was absolutely incredible and the way they use the camera work they kind of just flash, they go into the house and they're just flashing around different rooms showing like the weird tchotchkes. Of course, this room, this place is just littered with tchotchkes. This place is made to have tchotchkes. They just flash quick cuts to each of the tchotchkes and right away kind of set you in where you are, give you a feel of the place, get you a feel of the people that would be in this place. And it's, it's like a masterpiece, I want to say. Like really, it's perfect. I don't really know... And then they, they, it all leads into Harlan Thrombey being a cold body, playing a possum, except for real. It all leads into the dead body. Like, right off the gate, you don't have, like, all right, let's get some exposition. Right off the gate, it's like, you're at this house. These dudes are rich, apparently, because you're at this house. It's suspenseful, and this guy's dead. Knives out. Boom. Masterpiece of, the, of an open. My favorite part of the movie, probably. At least my favorite, like, 10-minute sequence. I couldn't help but think the entire movie too. I already mentioned this, this place is just like a breeding ground for tchotchkes, that house. It, it was made for Airbnb. I, if I couldn't find that place on Airbnb, I would be shocked. That place screams Airbnb. Like you're 30 family member. You get your 30 family members together for a week for the family reunion. That's where you're going. You're in like Maine or some shit. You rent that place out over the summer or in the fall for the family reunion screams airbnb all the rooms with the weird stuff like the chair of knives the library with a thousand books like each room has a weird theme to it kind of it's super upscale it's super like clean and pristine like these people care about the their rating on airbnb airbnb it's literally the only thing i could think of anytime we went to a new room of the house also an Airbnb I'd like to stay in, but not until I'm like 50. An Airbnb I wouldn't feel comfortable staying in until I'm 50. Reason being, I don't even, like that, whatever's in there, everything seems so valuable. I don't want to be in there anytime I'd even consider having more than like three beers in an evening. So let me just wait till I hit 50 and then I'll rent the place out. Like my friends and I, I can't even imagine being in there right now with my friends. It would be like, I would have to file for bankruptcy to pay off all the fees. That's what would happen. Oh, your library is ruined. Okay. Well, I have $800. Does that cover it? No, no. The lib- the books alone cost 8,000. Oh, yeah, I can't, don't, not until I'm 50. Just don't let me until I'm 50. Um, I also love to kind of the style, which is, you know, fairly predictable, I would say, for a mystery style movie, how they do the, 
all right, there's been a murder. Here's kind of everyone who's there. It's the family members. Everyone has something to gain. And then the interview portion. I love how they make the interviews funny. Like Richard, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's husband, that dude's fucking hilarious. He has a couple golden lines. Like he's just, he's Mr. Laid back. I don't give a shit. Just kind of like, let's have fun. Shooting the shit, cracking jokes when his father-in-law just got his throat slit in his mansion when everyone has something to gain from him getting his throat slit. I fucking love how they just make it super laid back. And I love how everyone has their very niche personality. Like Joni's like, Oh, free spirit. Jamie Lee Curtis is like, I built my company like type a Richard's like, ha cracking jokes, dickhead. And then Walt's kind of the weirdo trying to follow in the father's footsteps, but kind of seems like the ugly duckling of the family. Everyone's got their angle. Everyone's got their lane and, and personality type. And then they bring that in to the questioning, the way they respond to questions, the, the, just the way they interact with the cops and with uh, Benoit Blanc. Masterfully done. I'm sure, again, like that's not novel uh, in a mystery, having a cop interview all the different cast members. Definitely not novel. But it's really well done and it's fun to watch and it's entertaining. Also brilliant how... When like so, when he asks him a question, it's not them sitting there describing it. He asks the question, and then the answer becomes the following scene. So the scene where Richard, he's heard screaming, or Harlan says, "I'll tell her," or, or "You tell her," or "I will," and they're yelling. And then when he's asking Richard about it, Benoit Blanc's asking him about it. He's not explaining. It just he finishes asking the question. He says, "What happened?" And then it goes into the scene. And it's Harlan and Richard, and he's like, I know you've been cheating on her. They they answer all the questions with scenes. So you the whole way along, you know the truth. You know what happened, and then you get the people's answers afterwards. I thought that was really well done. Again, I don't know. I can't really name any other mysteries that do stuff like that off the top of my head. I'm sure that's not original, but just really cool way to make a movie, I thought. Really cool way. They ask the question the scene, the following scenes, the truth. And then you hear the answer and it's always bullshit. Really cool. Really well done. I enjoyed it. It also makes it feel for a movie. And especially that beginning where you're meeting everyone and you're kind of putting the lines on the storyboard, like, all right, what's everyone's motive? What's everyone's deal for it kind of being a boring concept of what's going on. They make it feel really fast paced and entertaining and grabbing everything. It's constantly switching all right, now he's talking to Joni. Now he's talking to Jamie Lee Curtis. Now he's talking to Richard. They're constantly changing, and it keeps you it keeps you active. It keeps you involved, and it keeps it high pace and and not an action movie, but like a dialogue action where you're, you're you got to pay attention. So really well done. And then again, like adding in the comedy and the one liners and shit. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> I like the one line, Richard. Richard's like, he's. Benoit Blanc asked, I can't remember what his question is exactly. Oh, he asked him about Marta, the, um, the, the housemaid. She's like, so her parents are immigrants, right? And Richard's like, you think he, or Benoit's like her parents, she immigrated here. You think they would have killed her? And then, uh, or she would have killed them. And Richard's like immigrants, we get the job done. Like nobody laughs. He's like Hamilton, right, guys? Right, guys. I caught the reference, Richard. I appreciated it, but just shit like that. 
or he's asking a question about his father-in-law getting murdered and he's just like thinks he's funny he's like we get the job done right hamilton you guys see that and then they start talking about hamilton <laughs> just shit like that is so i love how they did that because they could have kept it extremely serious and it still would have been a good movie and entertaining just as a pure mystery thriller but them throwing in the funny, just like throwaway joke lines where then they spend 10 seconds and he's like, oh, I saw it at this theater talking about Hamilton. Like, just funny. It keeps it lighthearted, like reminds you, oh, this movie, while it's serious, this dude got murked. It still reminds you like, hey, it's you're supposed to like just have fun watching this, which I enjoy. Um. So now once they start to get in the thick of things, the couple takeaways I had were they're like, all right, why did everyone, why would anyone have a motive to kill him? I, that wasn't William Defoe, was it? It wasn't the guy who looks like William Defoe. I always fucking confuse Walt. His character is Walt. He's the one who runs the publishing and he wants Harlan, the grandpa. He wants him to start adapting his books for like Netflix and movies. That guy, I swear to God is Walt or uh, William Defoe but he's not. And I can't remember his actual name when he has that conversation where he's like, dad, there's so much money to be made. Let me run the Netflix, please. You you, like, you said you want me to run the publishing now, let me run it. And then his dad super like kind of condescendingly is like, you're right, Walt. I've kept you. I've kept you chained to this for far too long. Perhaps it's time you move on and find your own thing to do. And he's like, are you firing me? And his dad just kind of like lays him off, but is like, this is for your own good. So you can, I, I'm sorry. I kept you here. And he fires him. If I'm William Defoe, if I'm Walt, it's not William Defoe. If I'm Walt in that situation, I'm for sure slitting the guy's throat. Like I know he didn't end up doing it, but if he nice guy fires me for my own good from the family company, I'm for sure slitting his throat. <laughs> like how did he not just slit his throat? Great self-control, great self-control. That was a big takeaway. Like I watched that or when I was watching and that scene went down that conversation. I was like, dude, if I was Walt, I would fucking hate this guy. I would hate this guy. Just fire me like a man. Don't say it's for my own good. Um, He makes his way to Marta. She pukes when she lies. That's going to hurt the situation. And then, you know, it progresses. Ransom shows up the will that goes to Marta. She confesses the ransom. She confesses to Benoit Blanc. Also, I love to how they make, they show what actually happened. They show Marta with Harlan the night that he dies and they're having fun. They obviously enjoy each other. Were they banging? Were they banging? I know they don't show them banging and they don't reference it. Were they banging? Harlan sure did like her a lot. They play the card game or the board game, and then um, she gives them the medicine. Turns out she thought it was morphine. I the line too. I wish I could put this on a shirt without people thinking I have a drug problem. Harlan goes, "Why did I wait till my eighties to become a morphine user?" <laughs> what a schmuck he says. <laughs> what a great fucking line. Why did I wait till my eighties to become a morphine user? <laughs> A super successful multimillionaire. What a schmuck. <laughs> that was great. Harlan's a great guy, too. I love how they make him super likable. And then, obviously, morphine, panic, he's going to die. And then he lays out this elaborate fucking plan for her to get away with it, which, again, is genius. Like, the way it keeps turning, because in that moment, you're like, 
oh, shit, it's an accident. Now we got to keep her safe. And he just right on the spot. He's got eight minutes to live and he's cranks out the most elaborate plan to fool everyone and have an alibi that I've ever heard. Just bang, eight minutes, slits his own throat in front of her. Unbelievable. Unbelievable addition to the film. Great fucking idea. And then they move into Marta getting the will. It progresses. It progresses. The politics conversation they have where they're like talking about uh, at, at or it's recounting the dinner and they're just arguing over politics. And Richard's like, <laughs> Marta, your parents moved here, right? But they did it the right way. Just so on brand, probably for every single person listening to this and like your Thanksgiving dinner, just shit where your uncles and aunts or whoever bring it up and you're like, oh my God, please, for the love of Christ, stop talking about this. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Also, just again, like keeping it light, keeping it relatable. We're during it. You're like, oh yeah, this is funny. It's just smart. Again, it's a very smart movie. I feel like I've said that word a lot. Very smart movie. Um, and then the real shit hits the fan. We start to kind of find out some funky stuff's going down with Marta. They, they meet Fran. She dies with the toxicology report. Ransom thinks he's got it in the bag, the, the slayer rule or whatever it is. So he's going to get his, his cut of the, cut of the inheritance. And then Marta finally uses the fact that she lies or no, she doubt she is able to stave off the puke from her lying when she says Fran's Fran's alive. And then Ransom confesses the trying to kill her, which confirms Benoit's mind you unbelievable reach for what actually happened, but turns out to be exactly true. Genius play by Marta to say she's still alive. And then Ransom's like, Oh, you're going to get me for attempted murder. And with my lawyers, I'll be out in no time. And then she pukes and is like, she's actually dead. And you just confess to murdering her. Bang, bang. Great play by Marta. She gets the house. All these shitty family members get boned. And the one good person, the one person with a pure heart, the one person acting out of good intentions in the entire fucking movie comes out on top. Beautiful message. Beautiful message. Ransom, such a cocksucker. Such a cocksucker. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. Again, adds to the humor. Um, I also love the last note I have. When uh, Benoit, he's sitting outside at night, and then she, Marta's going home, and uh, he lights up the cigar, and he's like, like the terminus of a gravity rainbow, or a terminus of a rainbow of gravity. The truth falls at my feet. Listen, they said it's a book. I've never heard of anything called the Gravity Rainbow or Rainbow of Gravity or whatever the hell they said it was. I've never heard of that. What I do know is I love that name. I like I want to put that on a t-shirt. I want to put that somewhere. A rain a gravity rainbow, rainbow of gravity. I love just those words together. Those words together in a sentence. I fucking love rainbow of gravity. Um also funny at the end when he's like she goes, Benoit, when did you know I was involved with the murder? And he was like, the first time I talked to you. And she just has the blood on the shoe. Also sneaky. They pan to the blood on the shoe at the beginning and then they pan to it at the end. Unbelievable movie. Again, if you haven't watched it recently, I highly recommend that you do. Just everything about it's great. Every scene is meaningful. It feels like there's no wasted time. 
all the characters are awesome. They each have their own thing they bring to the table. For like the just the fact the mystery thriller aspect of it is great. The entire time you're trying to solve who did it and you never know. They do a great job with that. The plot, the storyline constantly tangling and untangling and retangling is genius. The setting's genius. The music's genius. And then the fact that they keep it light. While it is a mystery thriller and a guy died, they keep it light with like the fucking weirdo characters and the jokes. It's just, it's a quick two hours. Nothing feels wasted, even though a lot of it is dialogue driven and having different conversations with different people. The movie feels really fast. Just a great fucking movie. Like very fun, entertaining movie to watch. Highly recommend it. I definitely enjoyed it more the second time. Knives out, man. Great movie. Great movie. Um, scale of 10, dude. I'm probably giving this like a nine, 9.1 maybe. Like I shades of parasite. When I saw that, my fucking mind was blown. Great movie. Knives out. That's a review. That's what I got on Knives Out. Please go watch it again. I'd love to talk about it with some people. It was it's very fun to watch. It was very fun to watch. Like I kind of want to just a rent out that place for an Airbnb, but like, can there just be knives out too tomorrow? Like, I just want to watch more movies like that. I watched clue not too long ago, the old one. And it kind of sucked. Um, knives out is that just 4 million times better. So if you know anything else like knives out, let me know. All right. That's all I got today, folks. Little, uh, second string update over overhaul in the operation and some knives out. I'll be back tomorrow with a guest. I believe um, probably talking some sports. We'll see talking some other stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Appreciate everyone listening. Keep an eye out for the new pages, the new uh, podcast, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Keep spreading the word, sharing the love. Let's keep this thing going. Per usual, at Nick Second String on Instagram. Wait, no, at Nick Second String on Twitter. I've never fucked that up. At the period, second period string on Instagram, and the second string Detroit at gmail.com. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.